Welcome to Your Personal Power Pod, a podcast about aligning yourself with the life you want. And here are your hosts, Sandy Abel and Shannon Young. Hey, Shannon, how are you today? Hey, Sandy, what's going on? I'm just having a great time. Life is interesting these days, <laughs> but we're fortunate enough to be healthy and safe, and life is good. Life is good. You are, I like the interesting word. That's, that's pretty accurate. I've been watching, you know, what's going on in the news and what's going on on social media. And we're at the point in the pandemic now where a good portion of people are vaccinated, but a good portion of people are not. And it's starting to affect not just the country as a whole, but individual interpersonal relationships. Friends aren't friends anymore. Marriages are struggling because people have different ideas about whether they should be vaccinated or not. And like, it just feels like the whole situation is seeping down into everybody's relationships. Absolutely. Yes, it is a very, very weird time. I hate the word unprecedented because they've used it so much <laughs> recently, mm -hmm. but it is. It's unprecedented. And I think it's important for each of us to figure out how to deal with our relationships during this weird time, which is cool because relationships is what we're talking about today. <laughs> Actually, um, this is a really big subject because every time we interact with someone, it's some kind of relationship. Uh, a relationship is defined as the way in which two people or more, groups, countries, etc., talk to, behave toward, and deal with each other. So this applies to how you interact with the clerk in the grocery store or the person that pumps your gas if you're in Oregon and where they pump our gas, and all the way up to your family, your children, your parents, siblings, your friends, all kinds of things are relationships. And what's really wild about now is that relationships that kind of existed in the background before are now kind of being brought forward. They're being elevated. They're taking up more space in our thoughts than they ever have before. When I go get gas, because we're in Oregon and you can't legally pump your own gas, you have to interact with the gas station attendant. You have to give them a card. You have to tell them what you want. And I never thought about that relationship more than just saying, hey, hey, how are you? Fine. I need $20 worth of regular, you know? But now there's this whole <laughs> other level where that interaction could be deadly. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. that's kind of frightening. Yeah. Right. But you're having to think about these interactions that before would have just happened by rote. You know, you've done them a million times. You don't think about it. You're nice to each other or you're not nice to each other, whatever you normally do. But now there's this whole other level of importance given to these relationships that just didn't take up that much room in your life before. Yes. Yes, things have certainly shifted and we're actually more aware of other people and the people we interact with on all levels. I think it's important for us today 
to spend some time looking at our really close relationships, the relationships with our spouse or our a significant other or our children or our families or friends, because like you said, those are shifting too. Mm-hmm. What what has your experience been with that? I think I'm just noticing more now than ever before how differently we all deal with things. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I want to talk about what's going on. That's how I process. He does not want to talk about what's going on. That's how he processes. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's it's about adjusting to what the other person needs while also trying to get your own needs met, which I guess has historically been what marriage is about. But now more than ever, I'm really seeing how different we are. Uh-huh. What about you? Yeah. I think that's also true for lots of relationship marriages with your children. A lot of children don't want to talk to their parents about what's really going on with them, especially once they're adults. They don't want you to be prying. I think the important thing is to realize that the way you interact with people is influenced by the way you feel about yourself. If you are happy with who you are and able to appreciate where other people come from. Like you said, you and your husband, you have a difference in how you communicate. But if you're good with you, then you can appreciate where he's coming from and work at being good with where he is too. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the vital thing is in all relationships, from the person that pumps your gas to your husband and kids, is who you are and what you bring to that. And most of who you are and what you bring to relationships, you learned when you were a child with your parents and family and friends. You observed how they talked with you and to each other, and you began to recognize patterns of relating that felt good and patterns that didn't. And you also learned which behaviors helped you get along with people and which ones got you into big trouble. So, for example, when you were young, you were probably taught to seek approval from adults by behaving in certain ways. And you probably tried to act that way to get their love and approval. And what you learned was for people to like and respect you, you had to meet their needs. Unfortunately, you weren't learning about taking care of yourself and the relationship with yourself. And I think that's an important part of what's going on right now is if you are a person who has either not had to think about setting boundaries for the the most part, or you've just had them established for a while and haven't thought about them, like we're having to rein in or at least think about the way we interact with the outside world. And that means drawing new lines in the sand, perhaps. I was talking to a friend of mine who is 
the hostess with the mostess. And she is one of these people who leaves her door unlocked. And anybody, friend-wise, who wants to come over at any time is always welcome. And the second they walk through the door, she goes into hostess mode and takes care of everybody. And that is who she has been. That is who she was raised to be. That is how she defined herself. And now she's in this place where she's fragile health-wise. She has dear friends who have been her friends for decades who are not interested in getting vaccinated and they want to continue their friendship the way they always have. And she is saying, I can't do that. And if you can't respect that, I can't do that. I don't know that we have a friendship. And it's forcing her to redefine not only the boundaries in her life, but who she is because she can't be the hostess with the mostess anymore. So it's affecting everything in her life because now who is she? That's really tough. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are having to look at things like that. They're looking at how they interact with each other and with all kinds of other people and deciding what works for them now in this weird situation. What used to work, like with your friend, no longer works. Mm -hmm. So they have to come up with a new not new normal, because this is not going to be normal, I hope, but a new definition of who they are and how they want to proceed with their interactions with the important people in their lives. Mm -hmm. It happens on the flip side, too. I've noticed some people define themselves in a certain way, which is what they teach the people in their life to see them as. And then when those people react that way or treat them the way they've said they want to be treated, then they get irritated. But it's like they don't know (laughs) themselves well enough to say, this is who I am and this is what I need. They just define themselves in a certain way that maybe it fit at one time, but it doesn't anymore. And so there are cues in their life that maybe that needs to shift. But then how do you do that? How, How do you get to a place where you have a new identity that fits you. Uh, that's that's a huge challenge. But as we grow and become adults, we all need to do that. We're no longer little children who are doing everything to make our parents happy so they'll be nice to us and give us food and shelter and all that stuff. So we're now independent and we can figure out who we are. Lots of people don't know they have that right. And so they continue to bring their old childhood self to all of their relationships and in the process, let other people define who they are instead of figuring out who they want to be as adults. That's a that's a whole other not just podcast, <laughs> series of podcasts, but yes, when it comes to figuring out who you are, that's a, a really frightening journey to set out on because you could be anybody. I mean, what what is step <laughs> one? You know, like you could go any direction. It's like coming out of college and saying, okay, now what do I want to do with my life now? That's just too big of a question. So how do you start? Wow. Well, you start by looking, we move from relationships here, but we really haven't because once you define who you are, then that will help 
create and define the relationships that you want to be most important in your life. And I believe what we're talking about here is self-esteem. And it's important for each of us as we grow to look at our impression of who we are that we got from the people that raised us and see if it still fits. See if we're comfortable filling that role, being that person. Sometimes we are. Sometimes our families and friends when we were a child helped us to become the person that we really are. But often we haven't been able to learn to do that because we were too busy trying to make other people happy. So as we become adults, that's part of what adolescence is about. They joke about teenagers being rebellious and all that. And it's partially very true because when you're becoming an adult, like in your teens, you are figuring out, oh, this doesn't feel good. This doesn't fit for me. This might fit for my parents, but it's not who I want to be. And so you rebel against what they've taught you and that's where the rebellious teens come from. It's an important process, though, because often you might rebel in an exaggerated way and realize, oh, that doesn't work either. The consequences are not what I want. So go back to finding a happy medium between what your parents taught you about who you are and about who you really want to be as you move into adulthood. It can happen at any time. I think we also, I mean, we joke a lot about the midlife crisis, but I think that's a point in your life where you realize, hey, this isn't going to go on forever. And I didn't either pick the life that I wanted or didn't become the person that I wanted. And so it's kind of like going through adolescence again. There's a whole lot of reevaluating, questioning choices, maybe making new ones, you know, coming to terms with the fact that you've only got one of these lives. And if you're not who you want to be and your life isn't what you want it to be, how do you change that? Or do you? Or can you? You absolutely can. And we all have the power to create the life we want. But first, we have to do what you just said, acknowledge that where we are doesn't fit for us anymore. And life is about change. So, we're always growing and changing and shifting and reacting to what's happening in the world and in our personal lives and adjusting to that. And some of that changes who we are deeply. And then that affects relationships. So, that's why they always say, like with marriage or good friendships, they're a lot of work because both people are always growing and changing and the other person has to adjust to who this new person is and together they have to figure out ways to make it flow continuously, even as they change. Yeah, you have to allow someone to do that too. 
And that can be scary if you're invested in who they are and how they've been. Exactly. Very much so. It's it's scary when people that you are really close to shift. They're learning, they're growing, they're getting new attitudes or a new perception of who they are or who they want to be. I have a friend or two who were in a heterosexual marriage, a man and a woman, and after 10 years of marriage, one of the partners realized that he or she was more interested in people of their own sex. And that was a shock, actually, for both of them. And it certainly had an impact on their marriage. Uh, It's just about getting clear with who you are and then being aware of what person you are that you bring into all your relationships. It can be jarring when you take the time to look at it. And, you know, Dr. Phil used to say, you know, you're the problem. (laughs) You're the problem in your relationship. All your relationships have failed. What's the one thing they have in common? You, maybe you should look at you. (laughs) He's absolutely right. It's a huge boulder to have land on you after, I don't know, maybe 20, 30, or 40, 50 years of doing relationships that don't work, having the knowledge crash on you that you perpetuated this is staggering. And how do you crawl out from under that? It is huge and overwhelming. And you look back and go, oh, wow, there's so many things I would have done differently if I had been who I am now back then. But you can't go back. And what you have is today and moving ahead. And you take the lessons you learned and move ahead. Make sure that you can grow and learn and create the life you want. It may be 10, 20 years later than you realize you wanted it, but at the time you didn't want it. You were doing what you thought you wanted, and so now as you're moving ahead, you can create the life you want with your new knowledge. And part of that is looking at the stuff you don't want to look at. Oh, absolutely. Right. You have to look at the stuff that's uncomfortable. And hey, that's what we're going to talk about next time. Exactly. Our next episode is going to be about the shadow. And everybody has a shadow and none of us want to look at it because it's the part of us that we like to think we're not. So I hope everybody tunes in to learn about their shadow. (laughs) Sounds great. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Sandy. Thanks, Shannon. Bye.